0: Welcome to the Body Smart Podcast, where we remove roadblocks to fitness and health to empower you to master your health habits. We help you become
1: body smart. How, this morning, how not all injuries are physical. How so many injuries um, really are, are because of other factors in life, not just uh, over, overloading a tissue, right? We talk about that a lot. And it does lead to overloading that tissue, but there's, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, and so we want to talk about um, that not all injuries are physical, that we're, we want to help people understand that they need to own their emotional pain and emotional you know uh, discomfort, if you will. Um, and then that exercise happens to be the miracle drug for all things, both physical and mental health um, seems to have a huge effect on most mental health um, things. And then um, the last thing is finding what works for you, and that's that's the key with exercise. So we're going to go through those things. Uh, we got sub bullets for all of those, so we're hopefully going to make it through all of that information because it's a pretty heavy topic too. Um, so we want to make it through all of that in the time frame allotted. Um, and and so here we go. Let's talk about how not all injuries are physical. So the reason why we say that not all injuries are physical is because our emotional state has a lot to do with, um, how much you know, energy we have, how much gas we have in the tank, um, how much fuel we're burning on, on stress and, and other emotions. And so that can leave us depleted so that we have less to rebuild, repair, recover, um, and puts us at greater risk for injury. And so w- there's a few things that we have to do to help us kind of deal with the emotional um, pain and, and owning that, that it's real. Um, we tend to push that aside and tend to like bury that, if you will, um, until it bubbles up as, you know, poor eating habits or poor sleep habits or poor, um, you know, anger management or you know, lots of areas in which we, we kind of let our emotional problems bubble up. And so we we really have to recognize that that's happening, um, kind of define what's going on, and then we want to accept that it's real so that we can then deal with it and process it. I, I think a lot of the time we feel like because it's an emotional thing, we don't accept that it's real. I know. what are your thoughts on that? Okay.
0: Well, it's always been wild to me that, you know, we can look at something like, I broke a bone, right? Oh, okay, well, yeah, like I can understand why you're in pain. Like for sure, you know, maybe you need to cast. We expect that it's going to take, um, you know, we know it takes about six to eight weeks for bone to heal.
1: 68 um, weeks?
0: 68 weeks. So long. <laughs> but, but we, with physical injuries, we accept the reality of like that it takes time to heal, that they're real and that they affect our function, right? If you break your leg, it's going to be a lot harder to, to, to do the normal things, right, to go on a run, to, to do on this. But um, with with emotional pain, with emotional injury, right, it's much less visible. Um, you know, thankfully, mental health in general is becoming less stigmatized, but it's still really difficult for someone to see, well, why are you struggling? Why don't you just do X, Y, and Z, right? Why not pick yourself up? And we, we unfortunately see the toxic side of positive call psychology all too often right Um, just be happier just be happier just be happier right right and it's you know it it, you got to look at both sides of it of an equation right so um you know like let's let's take a garden for example i think we've used this analogy before but when you plant a garden it's not just enough to um like plant the flowers and feed and water and give them sun, right? Like we've also got to make sure that like any pests aren't overtaking the flowers. You know, we got to make sure that we're weeding regularly. We've got to make sure that we take care of the garden on on both ends, right? So adding the positive and trying to take some, you know, and trying to deal with um, and, and, and weed out some of the negative. But we can't do that unless we take those steps that Cameron talked about, right? Unless we are willing to sit with ourselves and just allow ourselves to feel, to recognize what we're feeling, um, to really define it. So there've been um, a multitude of studies done that show that the better that people are at defining exactly what they are feeling. So what it's called, you don't need to remember this, what it's called is emotional granularity. So you think like grains of sand, they can get really fine with what they're feeling. So rather than sadness, just as a general label, Maybe it's grief or maybe it's, um, you know, uh, <laughs> apparently I'm a loss for, 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 well, right. You know, there's, there's a lot of other emotions that fall under the banner of sadness.
1: Right. right? Or, or anger. Or, you know, we always anger. talk about the emotion behind the emotion that there's usually yeah. like, there's that surface level, like, Oh, I'm sad. Well, what's causing you to be sad? Is it really sad or is it loss? Is it, frustration is it you know like what's that thing that's making you sad you know the the emotion behind the emotion and and that i think is is important in in that first step of recognizing you know in owning what's going on recognizing that and then defining it being able to say okay well why am i sad what is what is the real like sadness behind my sadness is it loss is it you know, it can be loss of a job, uh, a partner, uh, whatever, you know, something that you you cherished or valued. It can be loss of a loved one. It can be all kinds of things. It could be um, just some kind of of frustration that you've been stuck in for a while. Anything like that, but defining kind of that emotion behind the emotion really is, is helpful. And then accepting that that is a real thing that it's not just in your head and even if it is that doesn't mean it's not real right yeah. so uh, like you said just like a broken bone uh, or or any other physical ailment it's just as real it just has to do with brain chemistry and so we think that it it shouldn't you know we should be able to overcome that with just changing our thinking patterns well unfortunately those thinking patterns have been formed by years and years of of you know whether that's nature or nurture or uh, and you know it's obviously a combination of both um the the nature being a very very strong thing and then we can set those things off with nurture um elements but but it is very real and it's okay to to know that you got to just like you need to take some days off in your running sometimes you have to take some days off in the, the rat race of life, I guess, if you will, um, yeah. and, and give yourself a mental health break, a mental health pause. Um, and, and whether that's a few minutes, and, and I would argue that if you get in the habit of taking a few minutes to kind of ponder and, and, and you know, whatever you want to call that, meditate or just take time to think about those things and, and process them on, on a regular basis, uh, I think that can help. But if you do need to take a bigger mental health break, I think that's a good thing to do um, and, and, you know, address it before it becomes uh, to the crisis level. Um, yeah. yeah. I, it, we do that with our bodies all the time when we're not feeling good, right? So why not do that for our mental health as well? Well, if we don't take the time
0: to be well, like we're going to take the time to be sick, right? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. The, the library always has to be paid. Um, and with that, I actually want to point back to something that Cameron said earlier, right? Like he said that, you know, sometimes if we are overwhelmed in any of those areas, right? Physical or mental or emotional, right? Like it just, it's like, uh, we don't have enough gas in the tank. Um, and that is a real thing that happens, right? Our body has to budget our resources, right? We only have a finite amount of, of, of resources available to fuel us throughout the day. Um, and so based on our past experiences and based on what, you know, sensory information is coming in, not only from the outside world, but like what's happening in our bodies, right? Our, our body is always like talking to our brain and it makes decisions um, to budget more money here, or more money there. And so you can think of it just like a bank account. If you're overdrawn in one area, then it's gonna pull from another area to try to balance the body, to, to balance that budget. It's the same way with our body, right? The body's always trying to balance its own budget, make predictions. And so if we're just constantly um, running low in one area, right, again, like maybe that's physical health sometimes, but, but often like mental, emotional health. Um, if we're running low in that area, then like our body's just gonna to try to draw from other systems to give us enough energy to deal with that, which can leave us again, like Cameron said, feeling out of gas um, and and actually more susceptible to, to injury, right? Right. Um, and so all those systems work with one another. They all affect one another, right? We're not just our physical body. We're not just our brain. We're not just um, our emotions or any of those areas, right? Like we're whole human beings and all of those have to work with one another and try to balance with one another. And, and like when we can't do a good job at, at that, like everything ends up getting out of whack.
1: yeah absolutely and so one of the things so mark i want you to pull up that graphic of what exercise can do for us if you can um yeah so it's a table that talks about all the different hormones in our body and how exercise in all of them but like one i think is the main thing you can do to help self-regulate those hormones so it's pretty amazing so we're going to dive into this a little bit more uh at the end of the month with um Jordan Rowe. So he's here in the program. He's a pharmacist. And, and so we want to talk a little bit more about this with him. But uh, the pharmacology of, of all these brain chemicals and, and how exercise plays into that. But, you know, exercise really is a miracle drug. If if it were a pill, it would be touted as the wonder drug of all wonder drugs. It is a symptom manager of almost every single um like ailment you can think of even cancer the number one complaint of people going through cancer treatment is fatigue and the only thing they found that really helps the fatigue is regular gentle exercise and so it's finding out for yourself what the best way is for you right now in this moment um, whatever kind of stage of life you're in whatever exercise is going to help you make progress the best and so there are times in life where you have more gas in the tank and you can push harder and and train harder and and you know work, work on maximizing your fitness. And there are other seasons of life where we're just getting in shape, where we're just trying to like get back on the wagon. Um, there are seasons in life where it's kind of just a going through the motions phase where it's like, I'm gonna do my best to get in some fitness, but things are hectic and busy right now. But by being consistent with getting something in and and, and starting over if you've stopped, but working on getting that, that physical fitness in we wind up really bathing our brain in the chemicals that it needs to be bathed in to stay healthy. And, and that's one of the things that is just so amazing with it is when you, when you look at all of the major kind of hormones that regulate our body, exercise has a positive effect on every single one of those. So moving um, it really, uh, you know, both our physical hormones and our mental hormones, it has an effect. So moving really is this wonder drug. And it doesn't always have to be intense but there are benefits to the high intensity and there are benefits to the low intensity and so having a balanced program really is important and and so that's that's what we're here to help you with is to to help you design kind of for you what a good balanced program is um but it it really is um maybe not the solution for all mental health problems it's not like you can run away from your problems if If you will we we had one podcast interview where she she said that's kind of what she was trying to do and then it eventually hit her in the face that you can't run away from your problems um and so it it doesn't solve your problems necessarily but it can positively impact just about every major system and every major hormone in your body so do you have that i do okay So can, can just, you post it in the messages or uh, yeah, uh, in the chat I line? Can, uh, yeah. it, may, it may not pull up quite as well, um, but I want to it, capture it on the video too so that people could pause it and, and watch it. So yes. See if let you can do, post it there. Yeah, I'll, uh, it'll, I think
0: it will lets me post images. So I will do a screenshot of it real quick. Okay, perfect. And then, and then we'll just, we'll do a quick, quick run
1: through. Okay. Yeah. And so it's just amazing how many areas that affects. So like I said, there are seasons to life though. And so you won't always be able to do, you know, as much at at all times of your life. There's just things that get in the way and we have to work continually kind of refiguring out things. Uh, like we talked about on the call, uh, earlier in the week or last week, you know, summer just hit. And so, um, Everyone is dealing with that refiguring out how you're going to deal with that with, you know, schedules and kids and, and pets and all kinds of other things that now you have to deal with in a different way. And so, uh, you know, work schedules change or kids schedules change or all these things. And so now now you got to deal with that, too. And so having that custom plan for you can help you re kind of design things, go back to the drawing board more effectively and get a a new solution more quickly um, so that you can find out what works for you in this new season of life. Um, And and yeah, so I'm pulling this up really quick so everyone can see it. So here's all these major chemicals that uh, that work in our brain. Right. So these are these are natural chemicals. Um, a lot of neurotransmitters and things like that. Um, basically, they're hormones that are that are neurotransmitters. But if you look, your exercise, enjoyable activities, exercise, exercise, sleep, <laughs> gratitude, physical touch. Which some, you know, I would argue that enjoyable activities, uh, you know, playing basketball or other things like that, can help get you some of that physical touch. Just that you know, roughhousing with you with your kids or with a pet or whatever can can help check that box exercise 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 all of them um really do help in uh, regulating and managing these hormones and so it can just make the rest of life go well (laughs) you probably weren't able to see like what i saw but (laughs) but for the video it'll be good (laughs) go ahead um
0: yeah, so I mean, it's it's wild even things like there's, um, like it even helps with learning. If we exercise, we actually yeah. learn better, which means that when we come to, to new or more challenging situations, when we've constantly gotten the habit of like learning better and having that lear- learning reinforced with exercise, then we have better resources to handle whatever challenging problems come up to us in the future, right? Like it leaves us with more Problem-solving resources, like it affects every system of the body. Exercise, like we oh. are, our bodies love it, right? They can't get enough right.
1: exercise, right? Um, From digestion to tendon health to mental health to, you know, like it just affects every our breathing. Even it's amazing what a difference I had a patient in who started out on oxygen, um, that. She couldn't pedal a bike for a minute and a half uh, when we first started. We were pushing her to get her to 90 seconds of pedaling. Now she just did 20 minutes the other day, continuous. No no breaks, no stopping, and her oxygen stayed high. Dang COVID. Uh, but But it's amazing. It's amazing what that can do, that just regular exercise, um can can help everything so christy said that that's a pretty helpful table i agree it's just fun to see how many areas that it affects in our lives right all right mark so um kind of the last bullet point in finding what works is making sure that it leads to the things that we love to do what are your thoughts on that what i guess what's the whole point of all yeah so again
0: like that is where i think so many of the plans that people try out fail is because it's like well if you just do it this way um then then it'll you know like everything will work out so this this table is actually adapted from a really good book i, I read on this so it's called the upward spiral um and what they mention in there is that there's like not any one activity that works for everyone um in, in terms of exercise right. but also in terms of mental health right and so it's it, it gives all these different activities right like what are social things that you can do? What are physical things that you can do? Can you get more sunlight? Can you do a gratitude practice? Um, can you do all these different things, right? And, and the, the central theme of that book is that all of those build to form an upward spiral, right? It's not any one thing. And so trying out a bunch of different things, right? Like Maybe it. for you, it's just spending some time in nature every day. Maybe it's like Cameron said, uh, you know, playing basketball with your friends. Maybe it's going, uh, you know, taking your dog out for a walk or playing with your kids. Um, but, but, you know, sometime, and also understanding that sometimes one thing might work for us for a while and then it, uh, it has diminishing returns and, and so we have to try another thing out. But, but just going through and trying a bunch of different things and finding out what works in combination really helps you to um, make decisions that will lead you in the direction of the things that you love to do, right? Because like, if you're just miserable, trying all these things like, oh, well, someone said, I, you know, x is the best form of exercise, right? Like, oh, they said that, that uh, you know, playing badminton is the is the best form of exercise. Well, I hate that, right? Or they say that this is the best way to do this. And I just really don't enjoy that. And so You know, if we feel like we have to fit ourselves into one little box or or the same thing that everyone else is doing, then, like, it can end up being counterproductive, right? Like, if we're doing the things that supposedly help, but we actually hate doing it, then it doesn't help. It's the same thing that I always tell people about exercise, right? Like, the best exercise plan is the one that you'll do. You know, you can have the perfect programming with just the right exercises and everything dialed in just right. But if you don't do it, then it doesn't have the effects that it's meant to do. If you don't enjoy it while you're doing it, then then it doesn't have the same effects. Right. And
1: so, yeah. Well, so I think a lot of that has to do with the focus of your exercise effort, right? So sometimes there is an element of embracing the suck of like, well, I don't love doing this, but it's one of the most important things that I can do for the thing that I do love to do. So... You know, the the slow, steady state cardio, um, not a lot of people always love that. They, I would argue most eventually fall in love with it when they do it. But at first, it doesn't feel very time efficient. It doesn't feel very sexy. It doesn't feel very, you know, I'm not working that hard. I'm just kind of plodding along. But when you understand the benefits of that and how that leads towards what you really love to do, um, that may be something that motivates you to do some of those things that you don't necessarily always love. I totally agree. Find those things that you love to do. But I always, I always think of it as, as this, like I don't count my recreational activities as exercise. So if I go on a hike, if I go play basketball or volleyball or tennis or things like that, I don't necessarily count that as my exercise or my workout. Um, I work out so that I can do those things that I love. And that mental shift has made it a lot more enjoyable to do the weightlifting or the running or the other things because it's like, oh, this is just me tuning up my body so that I can play volleyball better or so that I can play tennis better or so that I can do that long run or that big hike that I really – that's my real joy. My real passion is for that big long hike on the weekends or whatever. Um, and so if I focus then my Monday through Friday, if that helps set up and supports what I do for that big long run on the weekend, then perfect. And that gives a, a different kind of, uh, focus a different emphasis on your Monday through Friday so that your, your weekend fun, uh, your body is ready to handle that and, and is good to go. And so I think that can be a big motivator finding that why, Am I doing this? And what am I doing it? For? Suddenly, we have a much better
0: capacity to deal with everything that we have to deal with, and we make better decisions. Um, and and the the research supports that, both in terms of mental health practices and and in exercise. When we do those things, we make better decisions, which sets us up better Absolutely. in the future, so that we again continue that upward spiral.
1: Yeah, yeah. The more we we address that, the more we take care of our mental health as well, and the better we do. So. Um, yeah. I, yeah. We're just such a complete person. There's no one aspect, right? The physical, the mental, it, we have to take care of all of it. And and it all leads to overcoming and avoiding injury and keeping you healthy and on the road for as long as you want to be. And that's honestly, this is why we created Becoming Body Smart. This whole program, this whole like idea behind the way we wanted to focus our practice uh, was to be able to lead to people getting Um, the tools, the resources, the help, the mindset that they need, both mentally, physically, um, and in so many areas of your life to stay healthy. Um, And so, yeah, that's what Becoming Body Smart is all about. I just got the warning that my recording time is almost up, so um, apparently I got to clear out some space on my hard drive. Um, But anyway, so hopefully that was helpful, kind of that mentality shift. And some, some interesting information about how many areas that that exercise really does affect the chemicals in our brain, the the you know, hormones in our body that keeps us healthy and on the road and, and able to keep doing those things that we love to do because that's the whole point of all of it, right? Okay, we're looking forward to seeing you on the next call. So uh, life design call Monday morning, um, another great topic in queue, and so we will catch you there.
0: Thanks for listening to the Body Smart Podcast. Join us in the Body Smart community on Facebook to share your successes or ask a question for our next episode. Now get out there and take the next step toward living your active lifestyle.